Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. I want to welcome each and every one of you to Believers Church. Those of you that are visiting, we are so excited that you're here. This is week two in a series titled Life with the Holy Spirit. And last week, I wanted everyone to walk out of church never forgetting this incredible truth. God lives in you to help you. And that's really what we brought forth last week. If you weren't here, you can listen for free on one of our uh, BC apps uh, on our website. You can watch it or you can listen to it so you can catch up. And this series is really about the incredible fact that if you become a Christian, God the Holy Spirit actually lives inside of you. It's really, really cool. And he's there to help you in all kinds of areas. So today, I want to talk about a specific way he wants to help each and every one of you that are here. And I think of my life and I think of uh, the lack of God helping me and I think of God helping me and what a difference it is. And I remember when I was a young boy, uh, my parents, we were raised Catholic and they did an incredible job. Uh, They were very faithful Catholics and my mom would make sure we went to confession on a regular basis. And if you weren't raised Catholic, uh, you would go to confession, there would be a booth where the priest was, and then there'd be one next to it, and typically a, a, a cloth where he couldn't see you. And you would go in and, and confess your sins, and then he would pray a prayer of forgiveness over you. And then he'd give you some penance, like some Our Father, some Hail Marys. And I remember one day, I'm young, uh, maybe uh, fifth grade, fourth grade, and I went and I just dumped everything out. I mean, I was as honest as I could be, and... He, you know, prayed over me. He gave me some penance. I knelt down in the church, did the penance, and I felt like a weight lifted off my shoulders. I felt really good, and I went home, and I thought I should read the Bible. and never read it in my life, didn't own one, and I grabbed the Bible on my mom and dad's dresser. I remember taking it into my bedroom. I laid on the bed. I opened up in the first chapter. Again, I don't know anything about the Bible, and I began to read Genesis chapter 1. And I fell asleep before I was finished with the first chapter. But that was okay because when I woke up, I started again. I read a couple chapters, kept reading. Then I went to some other books and read. And the one thing that I noticed that frustrated me greatly is I I could intellectually understand, but I didn't know what God was trying to say. And I was so frustrated, I took the Bible, put it back on their dresser, and I never touched it again. Now, at 19, I accepted Christ, and I began to go to a church like this, and I would sit and listen to the preacher, and again, intellectually, I was comprehending what he was saying, but it, it just wasn't opening up, and, and I just wasn't grasping it, and I began to wonder whether or not I could understand the Bible. Then I had something else happen that really alarmed me. I would hear my preacher say something, my pastor, about a verse, and I listened to all kinds of Christian uh, radio, so I'd listen to all these different teachers on Christian radio, and I'd hear someone else on Christian radio teach that verse exactly the opposite, and I'd become confused, like, well, who's right? And I didn't know who was right, and that really, really bugged me, and I remember a big deal, because I had these guys come talk to me that believed different than I did, and uh, a big deal back then was, whose name were you water baptized in? And I had these guys tell me, you should only be baptized in Jesus' name. And, and my pastor baptized me in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you know there's scriptures for both. And, and like, I'm like, 
I am so confused, and these guys tell, are telling me, you're not really going to go to heaven, you weren't baptized the right way, and I'm like, I don't know what to believe, and really, it's when I went to Bible school, the first church I went to, and I'll talk about this pastor again in a moment for another reason, but uh, this pastor was just an incredible teacher, and I, I went to water baptism there at that church, and he stands up and says, there's a lot of controversy on how to water baptize, Jesus' name, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, so he says, here's how we do it at our church. He says, I'm going to baptize you in the name of Jesus, in whom the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And he just took a scripture at the end, and he did it both ways, and everybody was happy, and it didn't matter what you believed. And, 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 and I began to realize that, man, you can take a scripture in any direction you want to take a scripture. So I was frustrated. I began to realize it's hard to understand the Bible sometimes, and I wanted to understand it. So that's what today is all about, to help you understand the Bible and to help you know what's true and what's not true. Ever since Al Gore invented the Internet, and you guys, we've gotten on email, guys, you know those chain letters you get that, you know, this is going to happen, and you don't know if they're true or not. One chain letter I've received now, probably once a year since I've been on the Internet, over 20 years, is the FCC is going to try to pass a bill in Congress, and it's going to uh, make it so no preacher can be on TV or radio. It's going to stop Christians from being on, on the airwaves. And, and I remember the first time I saw that, I was so upset, and I didn't know what to do. And they said on there, call your congressperson. So I'm thinking, I'm going to call my congressperson. And, and, and then, thankfully, one of our guys here showed me uh, this website. It's called Snopes. Dot com. It rhymes with hoax. And uh, Snopes.com, anytime you get a chain letter and you don't understand it, uh, you don't know if it's true or not, you go to Snopes and they'll tell you if it's a hoax, if it's not a hoax, and they let you know that's a hoax, that one I just talked to you about. And that really helps. And so I'd like to say it this way. You know, in the old King James Bible, the Holy Spirit's called the Holy Ghost. And I like to say it this way. The Holy Ghost wants to be your Snopes. And uh, he wants to help you understand that's corny i know i'm i'm in over 50 so we're corny um the holy ghost wants to protect you from things that aren't true and sometimes we 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 see things we hear things and we don't know is it right or wrong well god is in you to help you understand that so i want you to walk out of here today understanding this truth never forgetting it god lives in you to teach you and god the holy spirit's inside you and his goal is he wants to teach you the Bible. And so every one of you in this room, you can understand the Bible as clearly as I can or any other person on this earth. You might say, no, no, you're called to ministry. You're a pastor. You, you have a gift to teach. A gift to teach is not a gift to understand. <laughs> understand I, I know a lot of guys that are great teachers that don't really understand the Bible, but they can really teach good. And, and uh, so they'll put a great presentation out there. But there is a difference and everybody in this room is on a level playing field when it comes to understanding the Bible. And that's pretty cool because that's the most important book on the planet to a Christian. And so if you can understand the Bible, that's awesome. And I have nothing over you in understanding it, except I might understand how to activate the Holy Spirit to teach me, and you may not. So I'm going to do my best to help you today at a higher level. So whenever I teach, I know this. There are some people out there, you're like me, you've been doing this a long time you understand the Holy Spirit's the teacher, you've 
allowed him to open up your eyes. And for you, I want to encourage you just to take it to another level and keep going after what you know to go after. Some of you are brand new Christians, so you're going to hear something today for the first time, and, and uh, it will change your life forever. Then we always have people in our services that aren't Christian yet, and uh, they're just, for one reason or another, sometimes agnostics come, sometimes uh, you know, people come that just aren't sure. And I want you to know we're excited that you're here. And here's what you're going to hear today. It's a really good weekend to be here, that, that God really wants you to understand the Bible. And if you don't, he wants to help you understand it. A couple weeks ago, I was at a Starbucks in Aurora, and I just went up there to, to study with my laptop, and I was walking in, and I had a book, and this guy said, what you reading? He's sitting outside at the Starbucks, and I, and, I, and I was reading a Christian book. It was Deep and Wide by Andy Stanley. I said, I'm reading this book, Deep and Wide by Andy Stanley, and he said, what it's about? And so I told him, and I, I said, I pastor a church, and I, I, said, I said, where are you at with Jesus? And uh, he says, I don't believe in God. He said, I don't even believe God exists. And so we began to have a little bit of a talk, him and I, and, and I could see, I, couldn't, I could not cram this down his throat. So here's what I told him. I said, here's what I recommend. This, this is what I would recommend to anybody. I recommend sometime after we're finished speaking that you pray a prayer and you say, God, if you're up there, I want you to open up my eyes and let me know if Jesus is real. And I said, will that hurt you at all? He looked at me and said, no, that won't hurt me. I said, no, it won't hurt you. And I said, if God's a hoax, nothing will happen, right? He said, yeah. I said, and if God's not a hoax, then God's going to hear that prayer and open up your eyes like he did mine to who Jesus is. And we had a great parting of the ways, and, and I prayed for him several times after that meeting. And the reason I say that is if you're here and you're not sure, that's our prayer for you, man, that, uh, that God would open up your eyes. And if, if you say, I don't know if I believe in him, say, God, if you're real, open up my eyes to who you are. God will do that for each and every one of you. So when it comes to understanding the Bible, there's two ingredients. It's real simple. The first is you need to sit under teaching. And you need to sit under a good pastor. You need to hear teaching. And I thought I'd read a couple verses because we're going to read a verse later on that could make it look like you don't have to sit under good teaching or under a teacher or a pastor. So I want you to see this. Uh, the first one is Acts chapter 18, verse 11, and it's real simple. So Paul stayed for a year and a half teaching them the word of God. Paul went to this city called Corinth. They had never heard about Christianity. So he went first and told them about Jesus. Thousands of people accepted Christ. And then he stayed there one and a half years, and he taught them the Bible. And you can see the necessity that people need to be taught the Bible. And so Paul did that. He wrote this to a man he raised up. His name was Timothy. And he said in 2 Timothy 2.2, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men, who also be qualified to teach others. And all we're seeing in the Bible is Christians, in order to grow, have to have teachers that teach them. That's why one of the gifts in the body is a teacher and a pastor. You need that. And I like this one. I'm reading it out of Old English because I like the way they phrase a word. 2 Timothy 2.15, and it reads like this. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And this, this verse is actually specific. It's not to you, it's to ministers. And it's, he's speaking to Pastor Timothy, and I love what he says to him. He says, you need to study to prove yourself and to make yourself approved. So ministers have to make sure they put a lot of time into studying. So when we get up here, it's not just empty words and we're not winging it. But I like this. So you're not ashamed, and then he says, rightly dividing the Bible. 
And the word rightly dividing is what I like. It just simply means to cut straight. And the Bible, a scripture can be misinterpreted. It can be taught the, the right way. It can be taught the wrong way. And so one of my goals, and I think most pastors' goals are, we want to make sure we cut it straight so you can understand it. And as you sit under teachers, it's going to help you understand the Bible. Let me tell you a cool story. Um, when I accepted Christ, the first church I went to um, in, in this area was a church. It was a lot like this, but the pastor was more of a preacher. And so I, I call it shotgun. He, he covered 30 subjects in a lesson. And you got a nugget or two, but you never really knew what he was trying to, to teach you. And, and I sat there and I grew and I learned some things. But I remember when I went to Bible school, I tried three churches out, and all of them were good, but I walked into that third church. It was Grace Fellowship. Bob Yanning, he's the guy that said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or in the name of Jesus, in whom the fullness of God had dwells bodily. And I had never sat under a, a Bible teacher that taught at a high level. And I sat through that first service, and here's all I can tell you. My jaw literally dropped. My eyes were wide open. And I thought, I can't believe what I'm hearing. I actually understand the Bible. And it was the first time in my life I walked out of a service and understood what was said. It was absolutely incredible. And I thought, maybe he had a good day, has to have a bad day next week. And I went back, and it was spectacular. And then I kept going back, and it was just absolutely incredible. So I'm in Bible school, and we have a semester on eschatology. And eschatology just simply is referring to the last days, when Jesus comes back, when you know, God judges the world, the Antichrist. So we had a whole semester on eschatology. And this guy taught it. And in his defense, it was his first year teaching it. But he wasn't a real great teacher. And I went through there. I wanted to skip every day. I just thought, I don't want to go back. He's confusing me. I, I feel I understood it better before I came. It was torture to go through this course. And I walked out not understanding anything about the last days. Then my pastor said, we're going to teach this on Wednesday night, eschatology. And I sat through him. The first week, he put it so clearly together. I walked out the first week thinking, whoa, we need to bring him into the Bible school. Yeah, this was incredible stuff. And he made it simple. That's what teachers do. But guess what else you need on top of a teacher? You need the Holy Spirit. God lives in you to teach you. And I, I like this verse of scripture. It's, it's John 14 and verse 26. And it reads like this. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything. And he will remind you of everything I told you. Now, I love this phrase. And the Holy Spirit, when he teaches you, it's not like this. Like, you're not going to go home tonight and he's going to start talking to you. It doesn't, that's not how he teaches He'd be duplicating what I'm doing right now. He teaches you a different way. And this next scripture tells us how. Listen to 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But verse 10 says, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. And we'll continue on and let you see the rest of this section. I'm just interested in the word revealed. It's the Greek word apocalypto. It won't change your life to know that word, so don't try to remember it. You, you won't, won't help you spiritually at all. But it's an interesting word. Do you know the last book in our Bible, the book of Revelation? The word revelation is apocalypto. Same, same word, same exact word. And do you know what this word means? 
it means to take the covers off or to uncover. So we could call the book of Revelation the book of uncovering. And what is it? Revelations is uncovering the last days. We never knew anything about it. And so God says, I'm going to pull the covers off. And he talked to us about plagues that are going to come in the last day. And this crazy guy called the Antichrist that's going to try to take over the world. And angels flying through the heavens preaching Jesus is the way. It's just an incredible book. None of us knew any of that till the uncovering. That's what that book's all about. But listen to what it says about the Holy Spirit. He uncovers the scriptures or he makes them real, or he helps us to understand them. So I'm teaching you, but only the Holy Spirit can take the covers off and help you to see the scriptures for what they are. And that's the most incredible thing ever. This is how someone comes into the kingdom of God or becomes a Christian. And I'll just say some highlights of my story to make a point real quick for you. Um, when I was 19, this man came and started telling me about Jesus. The first time I met him, I looked at him and I said, you're a Jesus freak. And I made fun of this man. I hated this guy at first. And I would say, you know what? Jesus is meant to be kept in church. Don't talk to me about Jesus. And then I would cuss as much as I could in front of him, hoping just that, that he would never come back. Well, I, I found out later, people were praying for me. He was praying for me. Three months later, he called me one day and said, turn the TV on. And God had been softening my heart. And I watched a one-hour Christian program they were covering the highlights from a Jesus festival. In case you don't know what a Jesus festival is, I think they call it different things today. But all it was was a summer concert with all these bands and all these Christian speakers. And they covered highlights, and I'm hearing great music, but I'm also hearing these speakers talk about Jesus. And I listened to this for one hour, and at the end, the man looked, he's looking into the TV, he says, if you're out there and you believe Jesus is the Christ and you want to accept him, I want to pray with you right now. And it's like at that moment, I could see Jesus for who he was. I just knew he, he, he's God's son. He's real. And I knelt down and I prayed and my life changed forever at that moment. Apocalypto, the covers were taken off my eyes and I could see Jesus for who he was. That has to happen in everyone's life. And again, that's why I don't try to cram Jesus down people's throats. I talk about him, but only God can open up your eyes to who he is. And he'll probably do that in some of your lives today. But, but listen to this. He wants to do the same thing with scriptures. He just wants to open up your eyes and help you to see them. So notice how this goes on. He takes the covers off, and then it reads like this. Uh, verse uh, 11, it goes, uh, Who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? Can you all agree that you don't know what your neighbor's thinking right now? You don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, hurry up, buddy. I got to go to lunch. Whatever it might be. <laughs> don't like your shirt, whatever, it doesn't matter. I have no idea what you're thinking. And you don't know what I'm thinking and so on and so forth. I'm like, why don't they smile more? Smile more, you know, something like that. Okay, here, here we go. Listen, in the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit knows exactly what God's thinking. That's pretty cool because he's God. Listen to this. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God Listen to this, that we may understand what God has freely given us. That's all the things in the Bible. Listen, listen, God is actually inside you, God the Holy Spirit, and he knows everything God meant the scriptures to mean. When God wrote the Bible, uh, and, and when he had men write it and pen it, he knew exactly what he wanted each scripture to teach us, and God is now inside of us, and he's 
wanting to uncover that. So you have God helping you understand what God wrote. That's almost cheating. Now, take a look at this, that we might understand what was given to us. And then listen to verse 16. I'm skipping a few verses, but only because um, they're not necessary for this lesson. But listen to what verse 16 says. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, the mind of Christ is the Holy Spirit who's in you, teaching you. And when he says you have the mind of Christ, all he's saying is this. The Holy Spirit knows the mind of Jesus. He knows the mind of God the Father. And you have the very mind of God inside of you. That's pretty cool. I don't have your mind in me. You don't have my mind in you. You don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know what you're thinking. But all of us have God's mind in us. We have the mind of Christ. Now, here's what I want to make sure you get from this first segment that I'm teaching today. I run into Christians all the time, and here's what they'll tell me. I read the Bible, and I just can't understand it. And, and I want you to promise me you'll never say that again as long as you live. Because he's in you to uncover the Bible. He lives in you to take the covers off. He knows the very mind of God, and if he's in you, you have God's mind. You have the mind of Christ. And never say you can't understand the Bible. Here's what you should say. The Holy Spirit lives in me, and I can understand anything I read in the Bible. You don't have to be a minister to understand the Bible. You have the mind of Christ. And whatever God wrote, he's able to show you, hey, here's what I wanted you to understand by what I wrote. He's in you. And it's an amazing how your life changes once you begin to realize God lives in me to help me understand this book. So uh, my Bible's on my iPad. Yours may be paper. It might be on your phone. Um, you know, wherever it's at. It's the most precious book in the world. And God so wants you to understand it. When you read it this week, uh, when you listen to someone teach it, he wants you to know that he put God the Holy Spirit in you so you can understand the scriptures. So not only am I teaching you, but at the same time, he's taking the covers off and helping you to understand. And what I love is this. This is so cool. Uh, any weekend this can happen to me. I'll teach something and I'll talk to someone in the lobby and they'll say, I love when you said you did this or you brought this out. And I'm standing there. I taught, I taught this three times yesterday before I came out last night and taught it in my office just to be ready. I taught it last night. I taught it this morning before I came out. I taught it in first service. I'm teaching it now. I know what I said. And I'm like thinking, I never tell people, I'm thinking, I never said that. <laughs> I know I didn't. But I know who did. God inside them opened it up. And that's what's so cool about the Holy Spirit. He took something I, I was teaching and he helped you to see something you needed to see with that part of the Bible. So that's really, really exciting. And I want to make sure you have that going on. Well, God is also our Snopes. The Holy Spirit in us is Snopes. And uh, I want to help you understand Snopes. And uh, some of you that have read the Bible, you know this. You know what the, one of the biggest warnings are in the Bible for Christians? False teachers. Every generation of the church has had false teachers. The Bible says they try to infiltrate their sheeps in wolves' clothing, and they're just trying to get you and I off track. They're, they're everywhere. And, and uh, the early church had them, and one of the prominent false teaching groups was called the Gnostics. And I'll just give you some quick background. Um, uh, the, uh, first John was written because Gnostics invaded the church. Gnostics were prevalent in the first three centuries of the early church, and Gnostics infiltrated Christian churches and taught 
false doctrine. Now, there's two main things they believed, and they were really crazy. Gnosticism pushed two beliefs. Number one, they believed the real life, that real life only exists in the spirit realm, and the body was inherently evil. Now, when you first hear that, you may say, what does that mean? Here, here's, here's the interpretation. You ready? It's, if I'm going to believe false doctrine, this would be a good one, but it's false. Here's what they believed. They believed that when you did something, it was only your body and it wasn't you. So they were teaching that your body has sin in it, which it does, but their conclusion was whatever you do, it's your body, not you, so you're not really sinning. And, and so they're teaching people, no, your spirit's not sinning, it's your body, and God's not upset with it, and you can do anything you want because it's your body, and you have no control of your body, and it can do anything that it wants. And, and there's be some people that would eat that up. It's like, oh, fun, I could be a Christian and have fun too and do things I'm not supposed to do or whatever. So John had to write this book, and he just wrote First John to correct things and to remind them of things. So I want you to see one of the things he wrote so you can see it in its context. It's 1 John 1, 9, or 8 and 9, and it just reads like this. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All he's doing here is correcting false teaching, and he's just saying, guys, if you sin, you have to deal with it. I know Jesus forgave us of all our sins. That's true. But even as a Christian, we don't go to heaven by works, but when we sin, we need to deal with it. And he's just correcting some things they taught that weren't right. And then there was another thing they believed, and it was this, they believed that they were a privileged class of people who possessed a higher truth that God gave to only certain, certain few. And uh, you won't see this in most of our churches, but uh, what they believed is they were so special, these Gnostics, that God could give them revelation that disagree with the Bible and, it, and their revelation would supersede the Bible. Can we all agree that becomes dangerous? I mean, you have to have something that you rock. And so they're telling people, no, we, we receive special revelation from God. So they start teaching some crazy doctrine. So John has to correct this. And one of the things they taught, it, it's hard to believe, but they did. They taught that there's more than one way to go to heaven. Jesus is not the only Savior. And they were teaching about other Saviors. So now John has to correct that. And in correcting it, he talks about the Snopes, the Holy Spirit, who will help us know what is true and what's not true. And it's, there's some great scripture. I'm going to just read two verses. 1 John 2, 26, 27 says this. I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you. And that's why I wanted to show you you need teachers. This is the Holy Ghost-style teaching, taking the covers off needs to teach you what is true for the spirit teaches you everything you need to know and what he teaches is true it is not a lie so just as he has taught you remain in fellowship with christ and this is about whether jesus is the only way or not and remaining in fellowship means just you need to keep believing in jesus but here's what i want you to see he is in you to help you understand what's right and what's wrong what's truth and what's not truth. And here's what I've done through my whole life. Again, it's not because I'm a pastor that I can do it. It's just because I'm a Christian. But once I learned it, I began to do it. And I always pray before I read, before I listen to something, I say, Lord, show me what truth is. Show me, show me what's right. Open up my eyes to the truth. And it's just kept me really well. So I'll tell you a story. 
Um, when I first started the church, I had an aggressive, uh, aggressive uh, group of guys come and tell me that I was doing church wrong and I needed to have an apostle over me. And there's a doctrine called, it's from the apostolic movement, and it's a doctrine where they tell you every pastor has to be under an apostle or their church can't grow or be successful or prosperous. So these guys are coming at me telling me, you're not under an apostle, you need an apostle. And they had these tapes they wanted me to listen to, so uh, I said, I'll, I'll listen to them. Because I thought, hey, if, if they, they, they know something I don't, I want to know it. So I remember praying, saying, God, man, if they're right, show me where I'm wrong. Show me they're right. And if I'm right, show me where they're wrong. And I remember listening to those tapes, and as I listened to them, I would begin to see things they were pulling way out of context, making scriptures say things they weren't, cutting the scriptures crooked. And then I thought, let me just read scriptures about apostles, and I read those scriptures in the Bible. And here's what I found out. Like we saw Paul went to Corinth, he taught, he's, he got, he got them to accept Christ, and then he stayed a year and a half. Apostles, they go places and they preach Christ, but then they stay and they establish, and then they put a pastor over it. That's what a, an apostle does. And they're only over the church as they start. And I went and talked to these guys. I said, hey, guys, I don't agree with you, and here's why. And I said, I started this church, so in one sense, I'm the apostle. I started it. But uh, um, I, I said, that's what apostles do. If they don't start something, they're not over it. And these guys never talked to me again. Of course, they never bothered me again. But how did I come to know that? I just said, God, if I'm wrong, show me. If, if I'm right, show me. And I think you can do that with any part of the Bible because the Holy Spirit's inside you. And he wants to show you what's true. He wants to show you what's not true. So if you're not sure, just pray that prayer. Lord, help me. Show me if I'm right or wrong, and he will do it for you every single time. So I talked, about, I talked to you about how I want to show you the three things that will activate them at the highest level. They're really, really simple things, and the first one is that we simply need to be humble, and I want to help you make sense of this, and I'll read one scripture. There's many, but just one's fine, and it reads like this, James 4, 6, but he gives us even more grace to stand against such evil desires as the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but favors the humble. And I know this is about uh, another area, but the principle's always the same. God resists proud people. God favors humble people. And here's what I learned as a, as a pastor and as a Christian, as a church member. First church I went to was charismatic, and we had an attitude in that church, and most charismatic churches have it. Most non-charismatic churches have it. Every church almost has it. And the attitude was, we're better than everybody else because we have a part of the Bible that we believe in that they don't. And you get this attitude that you're just better than everybody else. And, and it's, as soon as you come to any pride in your life, God's grace isn't flowing. It won't flow, and you'll, you'll, you'll turn that switch off. So what I like to say is, whatever you believe, hold on to it dearly and live it, but have the attitude... I don't know everything, and, in, and I can learn something from any part of the body of Christ. And I'll never forget when um, a friend of mine told me about this book. It's by Bill Hybels, Too Busy Not to Pray. And my friend told me, you need to read this. And this is years ago, and I said, he's not charismatic. What can he teach me about prayer? And I, can anybody denote any pride in that statement? There's a little pride in that statement. And I remember saying, what can he teach me about prayer? I'm charismatic. I understand prayer way better than he does. And, and my friend just kept telling me, you, you need to read this book. 
And so finally I read it. I was very skeptical going in. I thought, what's this guy going to teach me? And to this day, I'm being honest with you, I have never read a better book on prayer in my entire life. It's, if you want to learn about prayer, it's the best book I've ever read. And I have sat under great teachers on prayer. It's the best. And here's a guy that's different than I am, believes a little different, but he understands prayer. And I, I believe this. You and I have to just have an attitude. I don't know everything, and Lord, I want to learn what I don't know. And here's one more thing that will help you. All of us come into God, and it's kind of like Russian roulette, what church we go to, you know, and uh, how we come in. And, and so sometimes wherever we come in, we feel this is, this is the way it is. There's no, there's no different way. Or we hear a scripture taught for the first time, and we, for the rest of our Christianity, 40 years later, we only see it the way it was taught the first time. And, and I just encourage people, have an attitude. I know what I know about that, but maybe God can open up my eyes and show me a little bit more. It, it's just being humble. So humble means you're teachable. You realize, I don't know everything, and what I don't know, I want to know. Second thing is, man, you and I need to learn to forgive people and I call it keeping our spiritual pipes open because if you don't forgive, if you don't release people, if you don't love people and walk in what God tells us to walk in love, it will just simply hinder God from being able to teach you. And for those of you that are here that you have some anger issues, you have some forgiveness issues, can I give you some hope? There were times in my walk with God where I was so hurt that I thought I could never forgive. And, and I would tell God, I don't even want to forgive them. I'd, I'd rather shoot them or something, God, but I don't want to forgive them. S some of you have been there. You're angry. You're mad. Can I tell you that forgiveness is a process? Y it won't happen overnight. Can I tell you that you may need a third party to help you walk through it and get over it? And, and I want to encourage you. So there were times in my life where I tell God, I haven't forgiven them yet. <laughs> But give me some credit because I'm sure trying and I know I'm supposed to. And, and I really believe he gave me credit because I said, I don't know why I can't, but I just can't. But I want to. Or I forgive someone today and then tomorrow I, I, I take it right back. I don't know why I forgave them. I'm mad at them. And, and uh, uh, as long as you're trying, God will give you credit. I'm telling you he will. And there's a cool scripture here. Uh, I'm not, I'll read it real quick. 1 John 2, 9. And the word hate here is not that I hate you. The Greek word just means to love less than, and it's just talking about walking out of love, not forgiving, that type of thing. And it says, if anyone claims I'm living in the light but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves another brother or sister is living in the light and does not cause the other to stumble. But anyone who hates another brother or sister is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go having been blinded by the darkness. And this is all it's saying. If we stop loving and stop forgiving, and if we allow anger, we walk in a spiritual haze, and we can't understand the scriptures. So, one, be humble. And I'll tell you what, being humble is something we have to work, we have to stay humble and, and open that I don't know everything, but I want to keep learning. And then love people, forgive people. Here's the doozy. Here's, here's the one that changes every life in the room. Ask God to open up your spiritual eyes. This is simple, but some people never do it. Some people don't understand it. Listen to Ephesians 1, 16 through 18. Paul says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you Christians in Ephesus, remembering you in my prayers. 
I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know. And he goes on and talks about three things of many things. You and I can't know and understand until the covers come off. And your eyes being enlightened is the reveal. It's the apocalypto. And, and here's what I want you to see as you look at that scripture. Get a hold of this. Paul's praying for people that are already Christians. And if Paul's praying this for them, that means that it doesn't happen at the highest level unless we ask God to do it. So we need to be asking God, hey, I, w- I want to have a relationship. The first one is I want to have a relationship with the invisible God. And so I need a spirit of wisdom and revelation so I can actually have a relationship with this God who's invisible. And, and you'll be amazed at how that changes once you begin to pray that way. And the second one is, Lord, take the covers off so I can see. Open up my eyes. Enlighten me. So if you pray this prayer for yourself, your life will change. Your Bible life will change. It will just be taken up. If you say, God, open up the eyes of my understanding so so that I can understand Scripture, you'll be reading the Bible and you'll start to see things in there that you never saw. You'll begin to understand things that you could never understand. It's that simple. So a couple applications real quick. When my children were young, there were times when they'd be sleeping and I'd walk in their rooms. The boys slept in one room, the girls slept in another. And I would just walk in their room when they were sleeping and I'd pray different things over them and One of the things I would pray is, Lord, I ask you to give these children a spirit of wisdom and revelation so they'll walk up, they'll they'll live and they'll walk knowing you. Then I say, open up their eyes so every time they hear the Bible, they'll understand it. Can you parents and grandparents, can you realize what will happen to your kids if you just start praying that simple prayer over them? It's amazing what God will be able to do in their lives. And I pray this for myself, but guess what? Yesterday I pray. I pray every Saturday at 9 o'clock with a group of people. Any of you want to join me, ask me. I'll tell you where we meet. And we just pray for an hour every Saturday morning. And one of the things we prayed was everybody that sat in this service, that God would open up the eyes of their understanding. So I believe today all kinds of things are happening. I believe God's speaking to you. But I want to ask you this question. Think what would happen if from this day forward, Every one of us us in this room, if we weren't already there, we decided, you know what, I don't know everything, and I'd sure like God to open up my eyes. We we humbled ourselves. And if we had to forgive, let go, we let go. And just imagine if every one of us in this room, tomorrow when we woke up, we said, God, open up the eyes of my understanding. Imagine the change that would happen. Imagine the change that would happen in your loved ones if you began to pray for them this way. And... It's just you asking God to, to begin to open up and teach them because he's in us to teach us. And I want you to imagine how everything will turn around in everybody's life as we just begin to activate God in this way that he wants to work in our lives. And there's not one person in here, I believe, in the next couple of weeks that will say, I just don't understand the Bible when I read it. I think every one of us in this room will, will begin to read it and say, whoa. It's making some sense like it's never made some sense. How many of you would love to have that go up in your life to where you can read the Bible and understand it? I'm right there with you. So I want to pray with you right now. Can we close our eyes, look up to heaven? Lord, I thank you for every precious person in this room. We're all at different levels. But we're all going to pray these prayers right now. And 
I'll tell you, I'll just help you pray, but just pray this prayer first. Say, Lord God, I, I want the spirit of wisdom and revelation so I can have a relationship and know you personally. Would you just let him know you want that? Say, give me that spirit of wisdom and revelation. And, and then just whisper this prayer. It's a real simple prayer. Um, Lord God, open up the eyes of my understanding so I can know the Bible and see the Bible and understand the Bible. Just let them know you want it. For some of you that need to forgive, would you just tell God, uh, if you can't do it, just say, hey, I want to, help me. <laughs> just let them know you need some help. Um, and just release the people. And if you can't, it's a process. Begin to work on it. And for those of you that came in here, maybe you're like I used to be. I know, I know everything. Nobody can teach me anything. Just tell God, hey, I'm going to hold dear to what I know, but man, I want to know what I don't know. Open up my eyes to what I don't understand. Lord, I pray over every person here, and I thank you that you created us to understand the Bible. And I thank you that from this day forward, that understanding is going to increase. And Lord, all of us right now in this room, we thank you that we have the mind of Christ. We're so glad the Holy Spirit's in us to teach us. Guys, can you stay in an attitude of prayer? Just bow your heads for a moment more. Maybe you're one of those people, you're like I was at one time when I was 19, and you know, maybe someone like me was a Jesus freak until today, or uh, whatever it might be. Maybe... You know, you didn't understand God. You were mad at God. You didn't know for sure if he existed. Jesus died for your sins. He came to the earth just to sacrifice his life for you. God placed the sins of the entire world on him. And he died and was buried. And then God raised him up out of the grave. And he said, mankind's sins are forgiven. Isn't that cool? Jesus said this, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. And if you can't remember a day in your life where you prayed and said, Jesus, I believe you're the Savior and I receive you as Savior, would you pray with me right now? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe what the Bible says about you. And I make you Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believers Church, visit believers.cc.